0: Hello and welcome to Calling All Detectives from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Calling All Detectives. When a man was murdered, the only clue to his death was one single word. That is the situation on this page for my casebook. The Casebook of Jerry Browning, Private Detective. A private detective like me, Jerry Browning, never knows what he'll walk into. I was walking through Archer Lane, which is a narrow street in what was once a fine residential neighborhood, and is now almost solidly lined with bars and small nightclubs that have taken over the old brownstone buildings. Up ahead, I saw the bright neon sign of Teddy's Bar which occupied the upstairs floors of one of the houses. An artist I knew slightly, Jack Creighton, lived in the English basement below the club. And I wondered, as I always did, how he could bear the noise over his head. The Venetian blinds of Creighton's apartment were tightly closed, so I kept on walking. But up ahead, a man suddenly started reeling about the sidewalk, stumbled, and fell headlong. I ran up to the man, bent over him. What's the matter, Mr. Are you heard? The stripes! The stripes. Stripes! I straightened up, shook my head. just another drunk who'd misjudged his capacity. Well, I certainly couldn't leave him lying on the sidewalk, so I bent down again. But I didn't touch him. The police don't like you to touch a man after he's dead. A man I thought was drunk mumbled something about stripes. But before he could say anything else, he was dead. Somebody in the crowd that gathered had phoned the police and they got there fast. Lieutenant Dawson came over to me after a while. Jerry, this dead man is Richard Boyd, the one they called Dickie Boyd, the Brooklyn Pigeon. I'd heard about Dickie Boyd. Stooley, small-time racketeer, and general nuisance man. I told Dawson how Boyd had mumbled something about stripes before he died. Dawson shook his head. We'll work on that angle later. Right now, let's get the body out of here. At headquarters, other than confirming Boyd's identification and learning that his death had been caused by a deep chest stab, we got nowhere. We had no weapon. And according to the medical examiner, I think Boyd's assailant was someone of tremendous force. The weapon penetrated deeply into the chest with the curious result that little bleeding ensued. Undoubtedly, Mr. Browning, that is why you were unaware of Boyd's actual condition. Yeah, Jerry, how about that? How come you didn't see the stabbing? I don't know, Dawson. I just didn't see it. Now, how's about trying to figure out what Boyd's stripe talk meant? Jerry, you know what I think he meant? Prison stripes. I'm going to find out right now. Dawson put in a long-distance call to New York. We're investigating the murder of Dickie Boyd, the Brooklyn Pigeon. Well, before he died, Boyd said something about stripes. I was just wondering if that could have reference maybe to his prison clothes. I see. No striped clothes. Well, thank you very much, Warden. No, they didn't wear stripes at Sing Sing. Or at any of the eight other prisons and jails that had caged Dickie Boyd. Jonathan, there are a lot of other stripes besides prison stripes. For instance, tiger stripes. Well, Jerry, the circus is in town, and you remember what Doc said about the blow being one of Tremendous Force? The circus is where you can find a strong man. We found the strong man talking with the circus manager. Oh me! I never heard of Dickie Boyd. Is this a gig? I'll vouch for our strong man, Lieutenant Sampson. hasn't left the grounds all day or any time tonight. And Boyd knew better than to come here. Two years ago in Memphis, I caught him putting the squeeze in our concessionaires. Boyd wouldn't dare show up here. And that ended that lead. As Dawson and I drove away. Jerry, a circus ain't the only place you can find tigers. We woke up the keeper at the city zoo. Dickie Boyd? Why, sure I know him. The park police pinched him for pickpocketing. No, he hasn't been near here for months. As we walked back to the car, Dawson was saluted by a uniformed cop. Jerry, there's other kinds of stripes. Service stripes. Cut it out, Dawson. You're thinking maybe Boyd was in the army. No soap. He was a convict, remember? And Uncle Sam is awfully particular about the companies he keeps. Think, Dawson. What else do stripes remind you of? Bars. But we're already investigated that angle. Prison bars are out. I'm thinking of another kind of bar. Come on. Teddy's bar at half-past one in the a.m. was going full blast. Fleetingly, I wondered how Jack Creighton, who lived downstairs, stood it. That gave me an idea. While Dawson talked with Teddy, I went back downstairs to the basement apartment. The closely drawn blinds of the basement flat didn't prepare me for the brilliantly lighted interior when Jack Creighton opened the door. Hi, Jack. Say, a man was killed on this street a couple hours ago. Figured you could tell me, Sorry, Mr. Browning, there's nothing I can tell you about the murder. I've been working on a big commercial job and it's rush. Come back tomorrow afternoon, huh? Creighton flashed me an apologetic smile and closed our conversation by closing the door. <coughs> I stood outside on the sidewalk and waited for Dawson to come out of the bar. After about five minutes, Creighton must have wanted to look, see if I'd gone. I saw his blinds open and the lights stream out between the slats. And I had it. Now, look, Browning, I told you I'm busy. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow will be too late. you will talk now. Why did you kill Boyd? And don't deny that you are the killer, because I can prove it. (laughs) Creighton put up a small-sized fight with the murder weapon, an innocent-looking palette knife. But I got it away from him. And got his confession, too. Boyd was blackmailing me for two years. He found out that when I was art director for an advertising agency, I... I used to get kickbacks from all the outfits we did business with. Just couldn't pay anymore. They threatened to go to every agency in town and keep me from getting commercial work. I had to kill him. It was at this point that Dawson came down from Teddy's bar. Jerry, I've got a new idea. Stars and stripes. Maybe Dickie Boyd was a spy. That'll solve the whole case. Dawson, I've got news for you. The case is solved. Creighton is your murderer, and there are the stripes. I pointed to the big basement window. Dawson, look at those stripes of light that shine between the Venetian blind slats. Those were the stripes Boyd was mumbling about. The last thing he saw, the light blinded him, and he couldn't avoid the palette knife Creighton catapulted at his heart. That sound was done, all right. The knife, attached to a thin, strong line, catapulted through the window and instantly drawn back. The catapult gave the weapon the tremendous force the medical examiner had commented on. Like I said, a man never knows what he's going to walk into. Sudden death like Boyd or the death house like Creighton.